Alan Sniff, we've got a really special guest with us. We're joined by Chris Wilkinson from the YouTube channel Fragmental. Hi there, Chris. Hello. I like to tell you you called me special. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start by getting you to tell us a bit about yourself and your channel, please? Yeah, sure, yeah. So the thing I wanted to do for a long time was get into the media in some way. I remember being in the Lake District with my mum and dad when I was a kid and there was a film crew on the little Ravenglass railway up in the lakes and they were filming, I think, uh, an episode of Songs of Praise. I was watching them lugging these cameras around I was watching the presenters and I was fascinated. I remember thinking on that day, I'd love to do something, I'd love to get in that industry. Um, And then, so I went and did film, TV and theatre at uh, university. Came out of there wanting to be an actor. Uh, had some success, so I've done cool things that I'm proud of on my resume, some Coronation Street, and uh, played a Time Lord soldier in, in Doctor Who. Brilliant, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, so but as well as pursuing the, the acting side of things, I have never pursued it as part of a career, but as a hobby, always loved making videos and short films. And then a couple of years ago, I just saw an opportunity with YouTube, which gave me the chance to create content, use my skill set, use all the things that interest me about the media and put out a channel. And I fancy the challenge of doing it as well. So the channel is called Fragmental and I've always had an interest in fragrances since I was, you know, 15, 16 when lads are thinking, okay, well, what can make me a bit more attractive to the opposite sex? And, <laughs> and I remember going on holiday with my family to Cyprus and uh, one of the um, the, wait- the, the, the Cypriot waiters there was wearing cool water and my sister was going crazy over this stuff. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to write if it's having this effect on girls. I should get some of this. So cool water really, I, I guess, was started the ball rolling. But I, I never really went down the fragrance rabbit hole until a couple of years ago. And I was watching a YouTube channel regularly about a mountain biker. And I thought... He's monetized the thing in life he's most passionate about. And whilst it wasn't practical for me to do mountain biking, because this guy goes all over the world, couldn't do that. Uh, I thought, well, what am I interested in? And, and at the same time, I was just getting interested in um, scents and just teetering on the edge of the niche rabbit hole. And uh, I thought, OK, I'm, I want, I'm, I'm about to embark on this, this fragrant journey and I'm going to share it. I'll share it with people and it gives me the chance to get some video out there and create some content. So that's how Fragmental was born. Mm. And so you've had it about two years? About two years, yeah. And you've, yeah, yeah just you've under, had it. yeah, November 2017 I started. But I, I'd been thinking about it um, a few months prior to that, thinking, mm. should I, shouldn't I, should, should yeah. I do it or not? And you've you've had quite a lot of success in that time, haven't you? I mean, it's very popular and you've done some really interesting and different content, which I enjoy. The well, Thank you. I was thinking particularly about the video that you did with the the reenactors and the Neanderthal and the right, yeah, that was that was a, a recent one that I did with George from the, the Fragrance Apprentice channel. Who, yeah. similar to me, he is very. I think he's a filmmaker first and a fragrance lover second. Even though both love both sides of it, and uh, yeah, we, we we got together, we hooked up in Milan, and we said Why, we need to make something together, uh, and that's what we came we came up with. We wanted to do something that took. Um, the fragrance video to a different place. We wanted to break the conventions of, of the standard review and make mm. it a bit more artistic, yeah. as you do in your in your writing. Your writing is very uh, um, eloquent and evocative, uh, and I, I think that's a great way to explore a scent. So I guess we wanted to do that through uh, the medium of, of film and create a little storyline scenario that was hopefully entertaining as 
a piece of short filmmaking. Yeah, well, I think it was. It was really Well, thank you. But also did a good job at conveying what the scent meant to us mm. and uh, and what it what it smells like as well, most importantly. So really fusing the these two worlds together, the, the standard YouTube review, but the world of short filmmaking at, at the same time. I'm glad, glad you liked that one because it, it was one that we both really... Really proud. I of. think it was it was obvious a lot of work had gone into it, and I think that's what sets your content apart from the standard reviewer is that it it seems like you've thought about it and bothered to set it up, and it's edited well and got your, your titles that look good and all that stuff. I think it. Yeah, I mean that's part of the uh, the opportunity that I saw when I was researching fragrances for myself before I'd thought about doing my channel. Came across YouTube videos and discovered some of the big names and Jeremy and. Stephen at Red Lessons, Brooklyn Fragrance Lover, and their videos look great. But there was a lot of videos out there that looked fine, you know, they looked okay. But I thought I can use the skills that I have and the knowledge that I have, combine that with the performance aspect of, of what I, I also enjoy, and bring all those things together and create something different that wasn't being done, particularly in the UK. There were only a handful of quite prominent UK YouTubers and I thought they were great and they were occupying a certain little corner of this small niche that we're in and I thought there's a bit of corner still left for me to get in there and uh, and put my own angle on things so I did want to be different I wanted it to be slicker I wanted it to come across as as professional uh, so I, I wanted it to be well lit I wanted it I wanted the sound to be good because sound is often um, something that can let the side down. So I just wanted everything to be in this nice, slick, professionally produced package. So that was that was my goal with creating Fragmental. So it's mm. nice to hear you say that that's, you know, feel like I'm, I've achieved what I set out to. <laughs> I think you've hit the nail on the head there by saying there weren't, particularly when we both started, because I started at a similar time as well, there weren't that many people doing it in the UK. I think generally the UK lags behind Europe a little bit and America in terms of people smelling good. Not that we all smell bad here, but people wear the same 10 high street fragrances and very few people get into niche. And I think that's changing. What do you think about that? That's interesting, really. Yeah, I think most people who you come across will enjoy designer fragrances. And uh, the majority of people, if they are a little bit more adventurous, they've maybe kind of stepped it up into, say, the Tom Ford private blend. But most of the time, I think it's because of uh, where people can buy these fragrances from. And there are select places, as far as I know, mainly in London. So if you're not in London, you've basically got the department stores, which only offer that mainstream designer choice, mm. really. You've got, I mean, there's... Phoenix here in York, it has some nice, a nice selection of niche fragrances, but nothing quite as adventurous as, say, something like Bloom yeah. in, in London. So where, where do you shop? I do a lot of shopping online, mm. just because, like, like we say here in York, where we are, we're limited in choice. And also, to buy from a store is the most expensive way of doing it. And I don't often buy a full retail price fragrance, if I'm honest, because I know how to get it cheaper. So I'll sometimes go into the stores and I'll and I'll have a sniff. But then we've got websites like Natino that will offer cheap prices, mm. much cheaper prices on, on fragrance. And even in duty free. You used to be able to go into duty free in the airports and think, okay, well I'll get this I'll get this cheaper. 
But now I can go into duty free and I know if I'm looking at a bottle of uh, Dior en parfum that I can get that cheaper online. So I don't need to make that purchase. Takes the fun out of it a little bit because, you know, there's that whole retail therapy side of things, walking into a store, choosing something to buy and handing your money over. (laughs) So I do miss that aspect of it. I buy a lot of partial bottles as well. Always looking for new things to review and new content. So to buy bottles at full retail would be prohibitively expensive Mm -hmm. for me anyway. So Facebook groups, certain websites where people will offer a half bottle of something. You can mm. you can pick up some great deals and I have that many fragrances now. I don't need a full bottle. Yeah. I'm just not going I'm not going to get through it. Mm. So I'm quite happy to buy, you know, even if there's a bottle with with 20 ml, 100 ml bottle left with with 20 ml of juice in it, I'll I'll still if the price is good, I'll go for that because I can have the bottle on the shelf. I can have it in the collection. I can own that scent and I know I'm realistically probably not going to get through that 20 mil in such a short space of time. If I go to London and I go to somewhere like Bloom, they're the stores that I would be inclined to make a full bottle purchase. Uh, and I have done because the kind of fragrances they sell, it's they sell them pretty much at the same price as you would find them online anyway. The, the indie artisanal type fragrances are not often found on discounted websites. So uh, now and then I'll, I'll make a purchase from, from a, a niche uh, store, but not from the department stores generally. When it comes to buying, I think fragrance is getting more and more expensive, particularly at the niche end of the market. People are pushing the envelope, higher quality, rarer ingredients, more extravagant <coughs> presentation. How much is too much? Where do you draw the line? The most ex- expensive fragrance I've bought is what I say is my favourite fragrance of all time. This could change. I could find a new scent tomorrow that I think, okay, now that's the number one. But my current number one is Enigma from Roger Parfums. And that's the, f- the first and only full retail bottle of niche that I've bought. I have bought other bottles. Even from Bloom, I bought Camel. That was in their January sale one year. So even that wasn't wasn't full retail. But I bought Enigma from Selfridges and that cost me 250 quid. And that stung a little bit, but I thought, you know what? I've been working hard on my channel and uh, I'd started to monetize and get a little bit of ad revenue money through. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna treat myself. I feel like I've earned my bottle of Enigma. And I was waiting on Facebook groups for partials to come up. They weren't coming up because it's the kind of scent people love and, and want to hold on to. So that would, I would say that would be my limit. And I, and I would not spend £250 on a fragrance easily. Now, we know that there are some fragrances out there that are thousands of pounds. For me, that's astronomical in terms of cost and I just couldn't justify it. But there are people out there who these scents are marketed at who have a lot of money and £3,000 for a fragrance to them is no different than £30 on a fragrance. It's just money and they have that much of it and it doesn't matter. What would you say? What's your limit? What do you I, say? I have a formula, so I wouldn't go above my mortgage payment. <laughs> it's like, it's I, great. Because that to me is the basis of everything i wouldn't spend more than that on a handbag on shoes on perfume mm. so that's where my limit is but i think you're about right at the it's a good benchmark actually yeah. yeah yeah and i think it does just get silly yeah and what i dislike about the really expensive end of the market is i find the bottles quite ugly <laughs> quite a lot of the time yeah they're very gaudy mm. and i i like the slightly more minimalist packages mm-hmm. that with the really good quality juice inside but on that does presentation matter well 
My stance has changed slightly because when I started my channel, and I didn't really mention this before, but I started the channel because I discovered a brand called Perfume Parlor, which basically do copies of perfumes. And I was getting into some Tom Fords and I was getting into niche and I needed an affordable way of exploring these amazing scents. So I was looking towards Perfume Parlor. I was researching them. There wasn't much online. So I thought, okay, this this is a good way for me to just get an early audience is put some Perfume Parlor videos out there. Because if I'm searching for that information, then other people are searching for that information. So at that time, I was thinking, these are great because they just come in your basic stock little decant style bottle. I couldn't care less about what the bottle looks like. It's what you smell like when you go out there. So at that stage, presentation counted for nothing. But as I've built up my collection and as I've got deeper into exploring the world of fragrance, I've become a bit more concerned about presentation. And it is something that it wouldn't be the basis that that a purchase would hinge upon. If you buy a fragrance that you really love and it has a nice presentation, that's a bonus. So I would never, if, so if, if, I, if I feel like that cost of, a, of an expensive fragrance is mainly based on, on its presentation, I probably wouldn't go for it. Uh, so it's not the first thing. It's not something that is uh, of that much consideration to me. However, I have grown to appreciate presentation more than I did when I started out. It's almost like with price, there's a sweet spot, isn't there, where the presentation is good enough yeah. that you think, oh, that's that's beautiful, or yeah. it feels nice when you pick it up, mm. but it's not so expensive that it then becomes prohibitively rolled into the exorbitant cost of the mm. whole scent itself. So yeah. I think there is a sweet spot somewhere, and it's just getting that right. Yeah, I think one of the brands that does that really well is the House of Oud, because their bottles are gorgeous i mean they're exquisite aren't they're they so pretty and they feel so nice when you pick them up yeah they're an ornament um, for your shelf yeah they are they? yeah but they're still they're not stupid money they're mm. they're expensive but they're not stupid what, what's the retail on a, a i think they're about oh. 190 it, and what quantity 75 mil. For 75 mil mm. okay yeah so that's not it's not ridiculous i mean to some people that you know that's ridiculous but mm. to, to to those of us who are into niche fragrances then that's acceptable isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's a yeah it's an expensive hobby it's like yachting or something <laughs> yeah yeah do, do you do you enjoy presentation i do yeah but to a point you know yeah. i don't like the gaudy bejeweled bottles they mm. put me off i think mint do really nice presentations. yeah i like them they're different as well they are different yeah. and bottles got a sort of knitted cover so you get a glimpse of the bottle color underneath but yeah it's relatively subtle still. I think I think they're nice. I think yeah. House of Oud are lovely. Yeah. Um, I think Angela Champagne, beautiful as well with the rosary window cap. I think mm-hmm. that's really nice. Yeah. But quite simple still. I tend towards being attracted to things that have got slightly Scandinavian type design. Minimalistic, clean, minimalist. clean yeah. I think yeah. Byrado, their presentation is gorgeous. Yes, it's great, um, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, and there's a fi- I think there's a fine line between a lack of presentation and a minimalist presentation. Yeah. It is, yeah. Would it does it influence you at all? Because there's a lot of brands that are starting out. I'm not going to say what the brands are, but they're essentially a stock bottle with a white with a sticker on it. Um, nothing more than that. But the juice they're in could be mind blowing. So if you find a mind blowing scent that has a basic presentation, does that bother you? No, at all? not in no. the slightest. Not in the slightest. In fact, somebody was asking me about that on Instagram the other day. They were saying, "Would you buy a really high quality juice in?" 
a very average bottle. And yeah. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, the, the scent is way more important because when you go to work or you go out or you go on a date, nobody's going to be, you're not going to be like taking the bottle out and going, no. look, this is what I'm wearing. It's it's the juice that speaks for itself. So 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd go with. And I'd, I'd definitely buy stuff in a minimalist bottle. You yeah. know, or a minimally presented perfume, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, no, me neither. I can appreciate a nice presentation, but if, if it's a very basic presentation, then uh, if the juice is good, it's fine with me. Yeah. Let's get on to a slightly controversial topic now. This term, influencer, and there's a lot of flack within the industry at the moment and on social media about people who consider themselves influencers and... This idea that people are going around asking for bottles all the time. How do you feel about that? I've got a, a bit of a love-hate relationship with the word. I don't think I even knew what the word that the word existed before I started my YouTube channel. So to become an influencer was, was never a motivation for me. I was coming at it from the uh, point of view I wanted to be a content creator. So I would never introduce myself to anybody as an influencer because it has... It has gained a lot of, there is a lot of negativity surrounding that word at the moment. And I think it's it's because of what you say that people are wielding that word irresponsibly. And they are trying to push themselves as an influencer to gain free stuff. I don't know personally anyone who approaches it in that way, but I'm sure people do. Brands have told me that, yeah, this reviewer has come up to me and, and said, you know, I've, I'm an influencer. Can you send me some free fragrance? I'm quite proud of the fact I've not asked anyone for anything. I asked for samples at Essence. Uh, if there was a, brand, a house I was really interested in, really interested in exploring, I, I did ask, you know, do you have any samples? But I didn't ask for any bottles, mm. although I did get, I did come away from Milan with, with some bottles that were offered to me. And I've never written to a company and said, could you send me a bottle or samples? But at the same time, we are constantly looking for new content and we need stuff to review and we need stuff to talk about to sustain this passion of, of, of your writing and of my YouTube channel uh, because it would be too expensive to keep buying everything. So if someone comes to me and says, oh, oh I believe you're an influencer, I'm going to give you this free bottle... That's, that's where it works for me because uh, if they want to view me as an influencer and give me a free bottle that I can then talk about for them, I'm kind of okay with that because it works both ways. But I will never introduce myself to anyone as an influencer. If people want to consider me as one, that's that's okay. But I would never use the word to uh, to gain free stuff. Mm. Have you ever had anybody give you a full bottle and say, we want a good review for this? Never. I, I would say most of the time, if people give me a free bottle, they don't even say, could you make a video on it? They just say, could we give you this? You do feel a little bit of an obligation because they're not just giving away free bottles for the fun of it. They do, you know, ideally want to see some content. But most brands that I've had relationships with, they don't put pressure on me to put that content out there. I've never had anyone saying, just wondering, you know, when's this video coming out? And if people have asked me to do a review on it, they've always said, could you do an honest review? And something else about the influencer is a YouTube channel that I love is Wafts from the Loft. Those guys are great. Dan and Joe, um, I've got a great YouTube channel. And they're two people that are passionate about fragrance 
their main motivation for their channel is not for the views, is not to monetize, is uh, not to be influencers. It's uh, it's to share their passion because they enjoy talking about it. And people who enjoy talking about their passion enjoy sharing it with as yeah. many people as possible. I guess that's partly where you and I come from as well. And I remember in one of their videos quite recently, they quite categorically stated, by the way, you know, we're not influencers. We are fragrance lovers. And I thought about that and I thought, well, you know what, guys? I get what you're saying. You know, you're saying that you're you're not going to go around telling people you, you're an influencer. But you have influence. Mm. Because based on some of their videos, I have blind bought fragrances based on what they've said. So they have influenced me to blind buy a fragrance. So whether they like it or not, on some level, they are influencers. And I think any of us who are putting information out there in the public domain and sharing our opinion, people will perceive us as people in the know rightly or wrongly that's that's fine it's that that's up to that person who who is reading or or watching but if they think our opinion has any weight to it then we influence them to make a purchase and i know people have told me they've bought things because of reviews i've put out there and i sometimes have to stop and think wow actually they've they've parted with 150 200 pounds because of something i said so I do feel a bit of a responsibility, or a lot of responsibility about that, which is why I would always want to have integrity to my reviews and always be honest. So what's been the best thing for you about getting into fragrance? For me, it was the most unexpected thing, but has become the best thing about getting into the fragrance community is the people that I've met sitting here with you. <laughs> we live in the same town. We finally got together. We're recording a podcast. We're talking about our passion together. All the people that I met, the the, the perfumers, the brands, uh, the other creators in uh, in Milan, that's gold to me. That's that's taken my life in a direction that a very positive direction that it wouldn't have otherwise taken. Uh, so that that is the main that is the main thing that that, that I've taken from my journey into YouTube and into fragrance. It's the people I've met. Mm, I completely agree. It's just this thing I never saw coming. Yeah. And actually, like this is brilliant. You know, it's so nice to, and it's such a great vehicle. You know, going to the trade fairs and the shows. And even reaching out via Instagram DMs is it's yep. a great way to meet people. And Absolutely. It, it is. I've made some really lovely new friends yeah. through it. So it's fantastic. Yeah. So have I. And they've led to collaborations mm. and you never know where they're going to lead. And yeah. uh, it's, it is. It's just a nice connected community. 95% of people are lovely and are just about sharing this passion. Talking of lovely things, what are your three top favourite fragrances at the moment? Okay, at the moment, and as you know, this could fluctuate, but at the moment, the ones I would say my favourites is, uh, number one would be the Enigma from Roger Parfums. Have you smelt, ever smelt that, by the way? I think I have. Yeah, but I in, brought it so you can, stores, yeah, yeah, you can try it. And I also really enjoy Carlisle from Parfums de Mali. It's a complex fragrance that is just super easy to wear. Very enjoyable, very pleasing. And you really get your bang for your buck with it because it's it's a thick, dense fragrance, as with a lot of Parfum Smiley's scents, uh, and it really lasts. It really projects, it really lasts, and it smells great. And the third one, I'm going to say, and I, it's from the Tom Ford Private Blend, and it was a toss-up between these two, and I couldn't decide, but they were the two of the first ones I ever smelled from the Private Blend, and it's between Oudwood and Tuscan Leather. Both of these scents, when I first smelled them, blew me away so Oudwood was was the first I smelled and that was the fragrance that got I've spoken spoken about teetering on the edge of that 
rabbit hole of getting into niche fragrances. Well, I know it's not technically niche, but it has niche sensibilities in terms of its price and, and its composition. So I smelled Oudwood after a friend recommended it to me and it, it took me to a completely different place. I think it opened a part of my brain that had never been opened in terms of appreciating scent. I'd never smelled anything like it. And I bought a bottle immediately. And then I got a sample of Tuscan leather, which for a different reason blew my mind because even more complex, even more bold and interesting and very a super confident scent, but, but very wearable and something that really draws me in about that scent DNA that I loved. But because Oudwood was the first one, I'm going with Oudwood. So, so my three, uh, yeah, beating around the bush here, aren't I? But my three would be Enigma, Carlisle and Oudwood at the moment. And it just changed, doesn't it, depending on the season and how you're feeling? And Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Should we try some smells? Absolutely, yeah. So I've brought a little selection that I'd, I've picked out because I thought mm-hmm. you, know, you might enjoy them. Yeah. So this is the first one. This is S&M Cafe by Strangers Parfumery. I've been wanting to smell this one. What I've smelled of Strangers so far, I've really They're enjoyed. so good, aren't they? Burning Ben, I adored. Oh, I mean, that is that smells like a Strangers scent. Yeah. It's bold, it's rich, it, it's deep. There's a lot going on in there. The coffee note is just so yeah. real. It's yeah. such a realistic It's coffee. like an espresso coffee, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Fresh. It's like opening the bag and just sniffing the grounds before you even I, I'm a I'm a big coffee fan. I'm, I'm, I'd even describe myself as a coffee snob. I, I, I've not drunk instant coffee for a long time now and I always brew fresh coffee at home. So I really appreciate a nice coffee scent. I almost get a little bit of a chocolatey vibe mm. from it as well. And I get now I'm getting the um, the plasticky the plasticky leather the sort of okay um, it's almost like I imagine one imagines fetish wear which is right. you know which is the inspiration behind it it's, okay yes um, S-M-M, it's yeah. the Marquis de Sade opened a BDSM cafe okay which is just like yeah. that's such yeah. a great inspiration yeah. for a fragrance but yeah I get that kind of slightly slightly plasticky leather yeah. Or if you're if you're sitting in the corner of uh, of Costa with your espresso wearing um, a PVC S and M suit, yeah. That, I mean, most people won't have been to York, but it, you know that would not go down very well in York. No, not really. No, no. I mean, people visit York from all over the world because it because it's a nice place to visit. Yeah, so I, I, and I it don't think that. Yeah, it is. It's it's very dark and resinous. Yeah, isn't it, it is, isn't it? It's. I think it would perhaps wear better in winter. Yes, it, is, it yeah. is very dense. Yeah. I think I think so, but I I think we're lucky here in the UK that even some of our summer days. Uh, I mean, it's a very overcast day here at the moment, but some of our summer days can can be a similar temperature to a December day, can't mm. they? So I think we're lucky that we can wear some of these denser scents year round. Certainly, if I was in the high heat, I'm, I might not reach for this one as much. But it's got a it's got an energy to it as well. It's th- there's a liveliness. I don't know what's providing that, but it has these dark resinous notes, but it's not just all dark, is mm. it? There's, there's an energy to it as well. It, it has got a certain... Which I, I think you do get as part of the stranger's DNA is that playfulness. There's a, a yes. sort of... Yeah. And I don't know if maybe there's a slight fruitiness in there. A little bit mischievous, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. And Prin Lomros, I, th- I think, is like that. I, yeah, I think, having briefly fruitiness. met him, I, I, I agree, I think he is. I th- yeah, I mean, is there some dark? Is there any dark fruit in there? Is there some? Is there some date or? Mm, could be date, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great yeah. one. It's got a very rounded, very big personality, and mm. I like fragrances with personality. It's bold, isn't it? Yeah. Have mm. you worn this off skin? Yes. 
How does it bounce off? I wore off? it for a night out, actually. And it, it's quite good. I tend to underspray, particularly when I'm new to a fragrance. I yeah. don't put very much of it on. Yeah. But this one, it, it was nice. You know, it was, it? was good. It well, you, you were getting wafts throughout was, the evening, yeah. were you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But and it worked quite well in that bar, evening, pub type atmosphere because you get hints of things that are in here anyway of course um, yeah so yeah. it did work it did work really quite well great so, so that's a that's a good one i think that one gets I really, a thumbs up, doesn't I, it? Yeah, thumbs up from me i love it yeah. i enjoy it next one i'd like you to try is from this really interesting house they're called joram studios they're based in edinburgh yep i heard of them and this is carduous Right. Which the ingredients notes on this, it's it's mental. Like is it? half the stuff. Let's see. Let's see if there's anything that stands out to me before you before you tell me what's in. Let's see what I get from it. Oh, like a fennel or an aniseed. Yeah. In there. Yeah. But I love green. That. There's there's some greenness, mm. some green accords, and maybe a slightly kind of indolic white floral mm. aspect to it. But I feel like certainly in this in the opening off this strip anyway, it's this the this aniseedy, yeah, licorice type smell that Which is the most I prominent. Just love that. It's yeah, so, it's good, isn't it? I love it in. There's a similar something similar I think in Liquor by Angela Champagne. Right. But Carduus has for me a sort of a saltiness as well. Mm. There's a, something slightly salty in there. Yeah, it's not. It, there's a sweetness, but it's definitely countered by. Perhaps, like you say, some saltiness. Yeah. Actually, now I've thought about it, it reminds me a little bit of those... In Finland, you get sweet and salty licorice that has that yeah. sweet licorice hay smell yeah. with then a salty back tone to it. Yeah. That, that, this is what this reminds me of. It, yeah, it reminds me of buying licorice in a paper bag from yeah. a sweet shop when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Even um, the... Did you ever... Did you ever try Coltsfoot Rock? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So that has that licorice type of um, smell. Reminds me of that. Yeah. It's really nice. I find it really soothing as well. Like it, yeah. it says, there's a hayiness to it that says summer meadows to me. Hay, I always find hay a soothing note. Mm. And in Shuggy, I find the hay in that, it gives. it's a tobacco scent, but it, it does have a calming, soothing aspect to it, doesn't yeah. it? It's like, a, it's a very mellow, the hay is a very mellow accord, isn't it? Yeah. And it does bring that to it. So this is a definite thumbs up from me. I, I think yeah. they, these are one to watch, actually. Yeah, I, I, that's a, a thumbs up from me. I'd totally wear that one. So then, last one from me is this one, which is at the opposite end of... If SNM Cafe is at one end of the spectrum, this is at the complete opposite end. This is Oxford by Ruth Mastenbrook. Mm. Very, very classical, very elegant... But quite masculine, I think, as well. Okay. Well, to me, it smells masculine. Oh, lavender. Lots mm. of lavender in that, isn't there? But bright. It's citrusy as well. It's almost got... There's a bit of the gourmand in there as well. Is there some vanilla or... or there's something sweet and smooth in there. Mm. It does have a classical feel to it, particularly with that lavender, but I think it has a modern twist to it, it as well. It does, yeah. Yeah, and which is exactly how Ruth describes her sense, actually, as classic with a modern oh, right. twist. Oh, right. So, okay. Yeah. Well, and I'm not <laughs> familiar with, with with the house, so and um, that's that's great. Good. Yeah. You hit the nail right on the head there. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, that's nice because it has a, it has a like a classical fougere mm. aspect to it, doesn't it? But there's something more than that as well. It's not just that. It's um, it's got a density to it and a sweetness. And I think um, extremely versatile. Yeah. I think the the composition of this is something that you could wear mm. whenever, any time of year, um, any occasion. You could dress it up, dress it down, it'd work. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, thank you. Thanks for introducing me to some scents no that worries. I, I haven't no worries smelled at all. before. 
Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Chris. This is Chris Wilkinson from Fragmental. Where can we find you if we want to check your stuff out? So just go onto YouTube, search for Fragmental. It's actually frag-mental. So if you if you head on there, I'm sure that you'll have no problem finding it. There's a few videos up there on my channel. So yeah, feel free to come along and subscribe. Brilliant. Thanks again, Chris. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. me nicola thomas with music by phil collingwood you can find all our reviews online at the sniff.com we're also on instagram at the sniff website and twitter with the same handle we were not sponsored by any of the brands perfume houses or perfumers mentioned in today's show thanks very much for listening